Welcome to the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Collect is a funny-sounding word, but actually it's just another word for prayer, and it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect Thomas Kincaid paintings of famous movie scenes, including Dorothy's first glimpse of the Emerald City, Beauty and the Beast falling in love, and the lighting of 25,000 Christmas lights at Clark Griswold's home in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Haven't we done a Thomas Kincaid collection before? We have. Uh, there's a Thomas Kincaid Disney? collection of Disney stuff. Uh, they're, they're, they're terrible. Just awful. Oh, I can only imagine. And, you know, <laughs> amazingly... Guy, that- Thomas Kincaid died, I think, in 2012, and yet he keeps on producing. That is shocking. He's like Tupac. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, and I'm sorry that you're still sick, but I'm really glad that you're feeling at least well enough to record with us, although we very much appreciated Father Sibley's emergency pinch hitting. Well, I'm a little worried because I felt a little bit of an All About Eve thing happening there. Because uh, (laughs) Father Sibley, who is considerably younger than me, kind of knocked it out of the park there. Uh, So uh, I'm I'm a little bit worried about uh, my my staying power on this podcast. Oh, no. No worries. He was really smart. and, And yet, I... I think that you're here to stay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kicking you out or anything. Uh, right. <laughs> well, I I did miss you and I missed being on the show, but you guys had a a really great uh, thought provoking conversation, and so I hope people who might have missed that episode do go back and listen to it. Well, and this this week's collect uh, might be a little less thought provoking, but maybe not. Yeah, we'll it's see. For, it's for the feast day of Saint Thomas, which is coming up on December twenty first, which is also, if I'm not mistaken, the winter solstice. I believe that is the case. So, shortest day of the year is Saint Thomas's feast day, which seems a little unfair. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Poor Thomas can't catch a break. Yeah, he's he's getting the shaft everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we pray? Let's do it. Okay, this collect can be found on page 237 of your Book of Common Prayer. Ever-living God, who strengthened your Apostle Thomas with firm and certain faith in your son's resurrection, grant us so perfectly and without doubt to believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God, that our faith may never be found wanting in your sight. Through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Dang, this is kind of a burn on Thomas here. Yeah, I, gosh. Poor Thomas. Poor dude. <laughs> poor Thomas. Well, before we get into Thomas's reputation, mm-hmm. can we talk about some of his accomplishments? Let's do it, yes. 
What are they? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think this is a pretty big one, right? That Thomas is rumored, uh, at least, to have founded the church in India. That is correct, yes. Um, And in fact, he is the patron saint of India. For EFM, I'm in year three, and so we are reading uh, Dire Maid McAuliffe's uh, doorstop of a book, uh, Christianity, the First 3,000 Years. And I just happened on the point that's talking about the church in the East. So McAuliffe is talking about the possibility of of Thomas actually being the one to carry Christianity there. Mm -hmm. And he says it's really actually not outside the realm of possibility. It's hard to prove, uh, but it is known that there were trade linkages between Rome and India at this time. So uh, it's, it's possible, you know, after the resurrection and ascension, Thomas wandered off to India. Huh. Just like... Oh, what? Where? Oh, I took a wrong turn. Oh, God, I'm in India. <laughs> or, you know, he heard a rumor about samosas and sure. things like that. Oh, man, now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that is a super cool thing that he did. And um, that I, it kind of seems like enough, really. Yeah. A random Thomas fact is that... His name, he's referred to in the Bible when he's first introduced as, as the, the apostle known as the twin. And they never really say like, oh, he had a twin, but the name Thomas is actually derived from the Hebrew teom, I think, T-E-O-M, which is the Hebrew word for twin. Yeah, so actually I read a little bit more about this in uh, Stars in a Dark World, one of the uh, volumes we frequently refer to for Saints' Days. Father John Julian goes on uh, on this one to note that in 315, Eusebius became Bishop of Caesarea in Palestine, and he wrote a 10-volume history of the uh, early church, which actually makes me feel um, like a bit of a slouch for calling Dyer Maid McCullough's book a doorstop. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, Eusebius asserts that among the 12 apostles, three of them actually were named Judas. Hmm. So there was uh, Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. There was the little-known Judas the bro- uh, called the brother of Jesus. And a third Judas who, in order to avoid confusion, uh, was referred to as the twin. So, uh-huh. And then he gets called Thomas in the listings uh, of the apostles in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because the assertion here is that the authors of those, of that, of those gospels didn't realize uh, that that word meant twin because they were writing in Greek and they were getting that word from, from Hebrew. Uh-huh. Um, and so they just thought that Thomas was a name, which it, it wasn't at the time. Interesting. But John does know this. So when Thomas shows up in John's gospel, uh, he shows up with the name Didymus, which is the Greek word for twin. Hmm. Cool. I don't think there's any actual biblical support for the idea that uh, Thomas's name was actually Judas, uh, but uh, Eusebius says so. Well, I mean, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Thomas is uh, w- most well-known act is 
being the apostle who doubted the resurrected Christ when he came upon the the apostles. Right, right. So I think that's actually like, it's an interesting to celebrate. And it's interesting, especially that it, we celebrate it four days before Christmas. And I don't and, know if there's much meaning to that or if it's just that Thomas you know, is believed to have been martyred around this time, so... Well, again, according to theological uh, stalwart Wikipedia, uh, we are really the only... The Anglican communion is the only church that celebrates St. Thomas on this day. Really? Uh Uh-huh. The Eastern Orthodox Church celebrates his feast day on October 6th, and the Roman Catholic Church celebrate his feast day on July 3rd, which is the day where his relics were translated from India to um, Mesopotamia. <laughs> okay, then. Randomly enough. <laughs> but And apparently the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, translated or moved the day because um, it interfered with Advent. Hmm. Okay, well, I can um, so, kind of see that. So, yeah, everybody is celebrating this dude on a different day, so that's pretty cool. So should we talk about the collect itself? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, I'm going to go on record as not being a fan. Yeah, me either. I'm so glad you said that because it's very, like, aspirational. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just a couple things. First, I, I, I am going up against uh, no less a Thomas than Thomas Cranmer here when I object to this collect. Uh, this was composed for the 1549 prayer book. Uh, and the language has been updated a little bit to make it clearer, uh, but the only change of substance uh, in, between uh, this collect and the one that Cranmer wrote is that in Cranmer's original, the introductory text reads, Almighty, ever-living God, which for the more confirmation of the faith didst suffer thy apostle Thomas to be doubtful in thy son's resurrection. In other words, it was God that made Thomas doubtful, much like God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right. Uh, Whereas here we get ever-living God who strengthened your apostle Thomas with firm and certain faith in your son's resurrection. Um, You know, presumably here referring to uh, after Thomas's period of doubting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a, it's a view of God as causing us to be better as opposed to causing us to be crappy (laughs) right right which okay so i still take that uh as an improvement over over cranmer's original because i I find that particular strain of theology uh quite uh quite troubling and i'm perfectly happy to wrestle with it in exodus because Uh it's in the text uh that we kind of have to deal with this hardening of heart issue right Uh, but i am not on board with cranmer or attributing an an intention to God that is not supported by the text. Yep, I totally dig it. I think that this is a, that is a much needed revision. But it's actually this next part that I kind of have a problem with, which is grant us, yeah, I grant us so perfectly and without doubt to believe in Jesus Christ that our faith may never be found wanting. I mean, Sure, that's a great... It's like saying, you know, may I never skip a workout and never leave a dish undone. Like, that's a 
lofty and admirable goal, but it's not in any way attainable. What 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 is it that Paul says? Faith is the. Uh, I know what George Michael says about faith. Go with that while I look up <laughs> the. <laughs> he says that you have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Paul, excuse me. It is the author of the letter uh, to the Hebrews. This is huh. Hebrews 11. Um, and just uh, when you Google Hebrews, it just comes up with the King James first. So we're just going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's that uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This this aspiration to be totally doubtless seems a bit, I don't know, a bit contradictory uh, between what what we know the essence of faith is, mm-hmm. and I also get concerned about a faith that is too certain, uh, that has too few doubts. And I want to be super clear: I'm not arguing for a wishy-washy faith here. Uh, you know, I believe in the creeds, and I believe it, and I particularly believe that it's important that the church believe in the creeds. But we also need a mechanism to be with people as as they suffer doubts, um, and and you know giving Thomas this sort of judgmental view because he's doubtful. Um, I don't think that's super helpful. Yes, that when you were just talking, I was thinking the exact same thing that it's like you, if, I mean, we've all met those people that have no doubts about that what they believe is right. Right. You know, I don't, particularly dig those people for the most part. I think they can be not very welcoming. Right. (laughs) I was trying to be nice. I still have some chance to get on Santa's nice list, so I'm trying. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just... I don't believe that God would create human humanity to doubt unless there was some reason to do so Uh, right right and so and i think you know a fundamental um, possibility for that is simply that you know we have to or maybe i'll speak for myself um but for me i have to acknowledge my own frailties and Uh and part of that means not always necessarily trusting myself in that perspective, I think doubt is actually a, a, a healthy thing. When we're talking about Thomas, we're talking about a different kind of doubt, but too much certainty that, that you know, you yourself have perfect understanding of, well, that, that leads to and has led to some very uh, dangerous and bloody results. And I just think that, um, I, that I'm, I'm almost second-guessing myself, because really it says that what we should believe in without any doubt is that Jesus is God, right? Jesus is our Lord. Okay. And so, uh, I mean... Hmm. You're you're making a good point there, Holly. You know, it's not just that you never doubt yourself, period, but it's that you doubt, you believe that Jesus is is Lord without doubt. So in that sense, what what we're actually praying for here is to, you know, to tune us like a compass to a true north in in Jesus. 
that fundamental principle that Jesus is Lord should be the guide to our faith, but then doesn't necessarily mean that um, we can't have doubts or questions about other things. That's a potential read of this. I don't think it's the first read. <laughs> right, right. I, I, you know, I actually think that's a pretty good read. As I read this collect now, it also points us in uh, the direction of Christian unity, in a way. So we're asking, grant us to perfectly and without doubt believe in Jesus Christ, um, our Lord, uh, that our faith may never be found wanting in your sight. In other words, that you can have people um, within the church who disagree about all manner of thing, uh, and yet uh, if they truly believe in Christ as Lord... Uh, there should be a fundamental unity among them uh, that should allow a working out of differences or a coexistence in love even without agreement. Oh, that's an interesting take on it. I totally see where you're coming from. Maybe I don't have a beef with this prayer after all. (laughs) I mean, I I still have a beef just with the word perfectly. Yeah. I mean, that word just flies all over me. Okay, so I do want to talk about Thomas um, a little bit more because so Thomas gets a bad rap for being the one who doubts the resurrection and therefore, uh, you know, I don't know, is somehow deficient or he's a lesser apostle and he like he 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 ranks above Judas Iscariot, uh, but otherwise he he's pretty much at the bottom of the heap of the apostles that actually get talked about and we kind of know some stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to his Stars in a Dark World, uh, Father John Julian points out that Thomas is present at three key points in John's Gospel. So first, when Jesus gets news uh, that Lazarus uh, has died, the other apostles warn him uh, that uh, the, uh, the people in Judea were just seeking to stone him, to stone Jesus, and advising him against going back there in uh-huh. order to, to be with uh, Lazarus and, and Mary and Martha. Jesus says, let's go to Lazarus. And then Thomas says, uh, let us also go that we may die with him. Uh-huh. You know, Thomas is pointing out there uh, the cost of faith and following Jesus. And then there's sure. uh, this second point. Jesus in chapter 14 of John uh, is saying, If I go and prepare a place for you, I shall come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am going, you may be also, and you know the way I am going. And Thomas is like, Actually, Jesus, I do not know the way you are going. Uh, and he <laughs> says, How do we know the way? Uh, and then Jesus responds, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then this third time, when Jesus um, appears and Thomas does not believe uh, in the resurrected Jesus until he sees him and places his hands uh, in his wounds, I think the really important thing that is happening there is, is you are seeing two things about Jesus or the resurrected Jesus. So the one thing is that we are still talking about Jesus in a body. Uh, so it's a re-emphasis of the incarnation. And then the second part of this is, you know, when Thomas is placing his hand in Jesus' side, that is, you know, showing us in a really, like, actually literally visceral way. I mean, Thomas's hands are in Jesus' viscera. Mm-hmm. 
uh, right, the, literally. <laughs> yes, that that the resurrected Jesus is still a wounded Jesus, mm-hmm. and that uh, Christ's victory is still a wounded victory. And I'm not sure what to say about that. That that could be a whole other podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, but for sure. Uh, but I it, it seems very important to me somehow. You know, I think I've heard you say mentioned that before that the resurrection doesn't mean that doesn't mean perfect healing and i i love that concept so much um yeah i think it definitely could be its own podcast (laughs) yeah maybe maybe we'll do that once we run out of collects (laughs) maybe so yeah we're getting close (laughs) no does that mean it's time for the twitter challenge uh i'll go first okay hashtag saint thomas collect abridged lord i believe help my unbelief good one i i stole it from another apostle i know (laughs) (laughs) it's okay here's mine okay Blessed are the ones who doubt, the ones who don't, and the ones who need to make a list before they decide. Hashtag St. Thomas. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, if you would like to send us your tweets about uh, St. Thomas or doubt or whatever you want to tell us, uh, we would love to hear them. You can, and by hear them, I mean read them. You can find us on Twitter most all the time at the collect call or you can email us at the collect call at acts8movement.org our parent organization is the acts8 movement on the web at acts8movement.org or on facebook or twitter at acts8movement our music is let all mortal flesh keep silence by aaron devries which is distributed under a creative commons license and you can find more of aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com and aaron pretty soon should be posting his 2015 badgerland christmas album uh, at that what? website and we are going to be on it if you cannot wait to hear the christmas carol and uh holly's dulcet tones uh <laughs> you can check it out you know a couple episodes back in your podcast feed uh or on our soundcloud page i can't imagine anyone needs to hear holly's dulcet tones but the rest of the song is fantastic oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh hopefully by our next episode i'll stop having to edit out coughs Yes, yes. Well, uh, speaking of our next episode, it's Christmas! So uh, join us then. We'll be talking about one or possibly more of the collects for Christmas. Yeah, we'll see. We we haven't planned ahead that far yet. Yeah, we're kind of still in the season of waiting. Uh, That's right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's our excuse and we're sticking to it. Exactly. Uh, But anyway, join us then. Flesh keeps silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded, for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descended, our full homage to.